Jesus also expressed love in the way he taught his disciples by his example. Think about this in light of how the disciples witnessed Jesus preach the gospel and heal multitudes of people before he sent them out to do the same thing. You are listening to The Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode 165. Today's topic, How Did Jesus Love His Disciples? You're listening to The Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and as you're listening, I hope you'll think of someone that you can share this episode with. I've got a question for you. If you were going to tell someone you loved them, what would you say? And how would you say it? There are so many possibilities, but just saying the words, I love you, doesn't always convey love, does it? It's about the tone of voice, the circumstances, your facial expressions and body language and the sincerity in your heart. A lot more than just words goes into letting someone know that you love them. And if you were going to show someone you love them, what would you do to them, for them, with them? Again, there are lots of ways to show someone you love them, sometimes without even saying a word. Actions often express much more love than words ever could. The one thing we all need in life more than anything else is love. We need to love and be loved by others. We need to love God and experience God's love for us. When this happens, when we love and feel loved, the challenges we face and the problems that pile up in our laps don't seem quite so serious as they did before. But a lot of people have a hard time loving. They have not felt the love of a parent or a friend, a teacher, a co-worker, a fellow church member, and sometimes folks think God is mad at them or is punishing them. They don't feel God's love. Sometimes they don't even think they deserve it. So how do we learn to love and be loved more than we have in the past? Several weeks ago, I got an email from Sue, a regular listener to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, And this is what she wrote after listening to a recent episode. I was struck by your mentioning again that Jesus told us to love one another as he loved us when he was addressing his disciples. I wondered if you might do a deep dive into the ways in which Jesus showed love to his disciples. 
Well, first, I want to thank Sue for making this request. And second, if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about on the Bible Speaks to You podcast, please let me know. And at the end of the episode, I'll share how to get in contact with me. So, how did Jesus love his disciples? I've talked about this in bits and pieces in various episodes over the last three years. Yeah, it's been three years that I've been doing this podcast. Can you believe that? But today, thanks to Sue's email, I'm going to focus specifically on some of the ways Jesus loved his disciples. And spoiler alert, this means he's giving us an example to follow. Think for a minute of all the things Jesus said and did to and with his disciples. How did he talk to them? How did he treat them? How did he spend time with them? What did he do for them? What did he not do for them? I think it would be safe to say that everything Jesus said and did was an expression of love in one way or another. Why? Because Jesus was here on earth as a direct result of God's love for all mankind. Jesus was and is the full expression of God's infinite, impartial love for the whole world. The very first Bible verse I ever memorized was John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a lot of love. Well, since Jesus was the love of God for all mankind, made manifest in the flesh, it's pretty safe to conclude that everything Jesus did was an expression of God's love for mankind. And to be more specific, everything Jesus said or did with his disciples was an expression of love, not just his love for them, but God's love for them as well. So let's look at some examples of how Jesus' words and actions reveal how he loved his disciples. First and foremost, Jesus was true to himself and to his purpose. He practiced what he preached. If he hadn't, he couldn't have accomplished what he did. Yes, this was being faithful to God, but it was also a demonstration of love to his disciples. If Jesus hadn't been obedient to all God ordained him to do, his words would have been hollow and his actions superficial. It was a deep act of love for his disciples, and that includes you and me, for Jesus to live in obedience to his heavenly Father. It gave substance to everything he said and did. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do for someone is to be who God made you to be. Be faithful to God and you'll be able to express more love for someone else, even if you have to be firm with them or say no sometimes. Remember when Jesus said, this is Matthew 5, 44, I say unto you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. What if Jesus had, at some point later in his ministry, told his disciples how much he hated the Pharisees? What effect would that have on them? What would that teach them? Would it bring clarity to his message or confusion? given the fact that he had already taught them to love their enemies. But the fact that he was true to his teachings, especially in private, 
was a great swelling of love being expressed so his disciples could see how to put his teachings into practice in their daily lives. Another way Jesus specifically showed love to his twelve disciples was to choose them as apostles, which simply means in Greek, messenger or he that is sent. Here were these twelve ordinary guys, nobody special in the eyes of the world, but Jesus chose them, he valued them, he saw something in their hearts that he treasured. If you had been chosen as one of the twelve, wouldn't you feel incredibly loved? But that was just the beginning of how Jesus loved them. He taught them publicly and privately. There are lots of examples of this, especially when Jesus was telling his parables. He said to the crowds, this is Matthew thirteen twenty-four and 25, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Now, you can read the whole parable in Matthew chapter 13. Try to imagine how the crowd responded to this parable. They knew about tares and wheat and how the roots would become entangled so you couldn't pull out the tares. But they probably didn't get the deeper meaning of what this had to do with the kingdom of heaven. Not even the twelve disciples understood it. In Matthew thirteen thirty-six, Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. And then Jesus proceeded to explain exactly what the parable meant. This was an act of love. He wanted them to understand. And again, I'll point out, not just love for those twelve men in the privacy of someone's house, it was in love for you and me and the whole world. We have the record of that private little teaching moment, and we can continue to learn from it. Jesus was loving you and me at that very moment, along with his disciples. Jesus also expressed love in the way he taught his disciples by his example. I hinted at this with the idea of loving your enemies, but think about this in light of how the disciples witnessed Jesus preach the gospel and heal multitudes of people before he sent them out to do the same thing. Hearing and seeing Jesus preach and heal was an act of love toward the disciples. It opened their hearts to what was possible and when Jesus sent them out to preach and heal, they were better prepared to believe they could do it. So this is in Matthew 10.1. Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. They knew it was possible because they had seen Jesus heal. And then when he gave them the authority or power to heal as he did, they were prepared. As I said, this was an act of love, the shepherd guiding his sheep. And in this process, he sent them off, two by two. In other words, he wasn't with them. He gave them responsibility. He trusted them. This also was an act of love. How can you and I follow that example? One of the most important ways Jesus showed love for his disciples was when he rebuked them. And this happened on more than one occasion. One time Jesus was headed to Samaria. 
but was not welcomed by the folks there. James and John overreacted a bit. This is in Luke 9, 54 through 56. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Jesus often rebuked the disciples' lack of faith. Remember the time when he had been asleep on a boat, filling with water in the middle of a fierce storm? The disciples woke him up and basically accused Jesus of not caring if they drowned. Well, after he stilled the storm, this is Mark 4:40. He said to his disciples, "Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith?" Now, I would imagine that before this incident on the stormy sea in that little fishing boat full of water, that the disciples thought they had a lot of faith. But for Jesus to ask why they were so afraid and if they still had no faith, that's quite a rebuke. I think perhaps Jesus was saying to them, Hey, look, guys, you've seen me heal lots of people. I just fed 5,000 people with a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. Do you honestly think God would not protect us during the storm? Where is your faith? Why didn't you trust God more? This rebuke, along with all the times Jesus rebuked his disciples, was an act of love. It was a teaching moment. It was an opportunity to turn them more closely to God. And that's what they needed. Again, there are lessons for us as well in these situations. One of the most tender ways Jesus showed his love for his disciples was his incredible patience with them. They had so many questions. They were full of doubts and fears and he always answered their questions, maybe not in the way they expected, and he always dealt with their doubts and fears. As I already mentioned, he explained the deeper meaning of the parables when they asked him. But especially as his ministry was coming to a close, the disciples had lots of questions. There was so much going on, they just didn't understand. Jesus knew this and was patient with them. But he didn't water things down for them. If you want to study the back and forth of the disciples' questions and Jesus' answers, check out John chapters 14, 15, and 16. These three chapters, along with chapter 17 of John, have some of the most powerful and poignant examples of the way Jesus loved his disciples. Jesus knew that he was about to be crucified and resurrected, and he also knew that not too long after that, he would depart this world. His disciples had been dependent on his personal presence for guidance and support during his ministry, but he was about to leave them. So, what is the loving thing to do in a situation like that? Jesus prepared them as best as they could grasp it that he would be crucified, that he would return, but that he would not be with them personally forever. The beauty of this moment is that he promises them that they will have what they need. He will send the comforter or advocate, the spirit of truth, to guide them 
and remind them of everything He has taught them. This again is a loving action. This is in John 14, 16, 17, and 26. Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Advocate, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit, who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him, because it isn't looking for Him, and doesn't recognize Him. But you know Him, because He lives with you now, and later will be in you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Try to imagine how the disciples are taking all this in. It's pretty overwhelming. And they don't digest everything Jesus is telling them, especially about the crucifixion and resurrection. But this whole idea of a comforter or advocate sounds pretty good. Then Jesus drops this bombshell on them. This is John 16, 7. Very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Wait, what? Can't you just almost hear them saying, We don't want you to go away, Jesus. Why can't we have you and the Comforter? And why is that loving for Jesus to go away? If Jesus was with them personally, as he had been for the last three years, they would keep depending on him to do what he was empowering them to do. In effect, he had to wean them of personal dependence on him. He loved them so much, he wanted them to rely completely on God for everything. And the Holy Spirit, or Comforter, the Advocate, would help them do that. Jesus points this out when he says in John sixteen twenty six and 27, You will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. Jesus wants his disciples to go directly to God and depend on him instead of leaning on Jesus personally. Once again, Jesus is preparing his disciples for what is to come and assuring them that they'll have everything they need. This, once more, is an example of Jesus loving his disciples. So how can this apply to you and me? Well, how do we prepare our children, our students, our employees, or anyone we're helping to trust in God completely? Do we want people to be dependent on us personally or to be empowered to trust God in every situation? In chapter 17 of John, Jesus once more expresses his love for his disciples. He prays for them. And this time he specifically mentions you and me as well. Now you're probably very familiar with this prayer, but I encourage you to read it again in the context of how much Jesus loves all those who ever have and ever will believe on him. It's in chapter 17 of John. After the crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus is reunited with his disciples for 40 days. During this time, he once again teaches them and prepares them for when he will no longer be with them. And once again, this is love in action. 
Now, I've given you just a quick look at a few of the many ways Jesus expressed love to his disciples. You could take anything and everything he said and did and ask the question, how does this express Jesus' love for his disciples? And while you're at it, ask how it expresses his love for you. How did Jesus love his disciples? He sums it up this way. This is John 15:9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. There is absolutely no way to measure or intellectually grasp this infinite and tender yet powerful love God has for Christ. But we can begin to perceive and experience it spiritually. We need to ponder and embrace this love. Jesus loves us the way the Father loves Him. Are you willing to open your heart to and accept that kind of love? Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share it with them. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode or anything in the Bible or an idea for a topic for the podcast, please reach out to me. The best way to get a hold of me is through the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com. Just click on the contact tab in the menu bar. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast or haven't subscribed yet, I encourage you to do so. Go again to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the subscribe tab in the menu bar. Just fill out the form and you're all set. And when you sign up, I'll send you a prayer guide I put together called Praying with the Mindset of Jesus. It's my little way of saying thanks for being supportive. All the Bible references that I mentioned today will be in the show notes page on the website. You can find those at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 165. This is episode 165. And if you're listening on a podcast app, you'll find the link to subscribe on the website and the link for the show notes page with the Bible quotes down at the bottom of the description. As always, I want to thank you for your support, first in being here and listening, sharing the podcast with your friends. There are people in 155 countries who have tuned in to the podcast during these past three years. I could not have done this without your help. I'm really, really grateful for that. And for those of you who have supported the podcast financially, I really appreciate it. It helps offset the production and hosting expenses for the podcast. If you would like to make a donation, just go to the website, again, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, scroll all the way to the bottom in the footer, you'll see a donate button, that's a PayPal link, and you can make a contribution. If you're so inclined, I am so, so grateful. That's it for this week. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care, and we'll see you next time. God bless.